So today, um, I'm continuing in the series of Draw Near, and Pastor Randy had received that word for this year, and first, his first word he received a year and a half or so ago was to rest, and now the Lord is telling him to draw near. Well, when he shared that with me, I felt just in the spirit, it hit me right away that that was the word for this year. And um, so I'll share the first scripture verses with you. Uh, if you want to look in your Bible, it comes out of the book of James, chapter 4, starting at first, verse 8. And it says, I'm going to read 8 through 12. Come near to God, and he will come near to you. Wash your hands, you sinners, and purify your hearts, you double-minded. Grieve, mourn, and wail. Change your laughter to mourning and your joy to gloom. Humble yourselves before the Lord, and he will lift you up. Brothers, do not slander one another. Anyone who speaks against his brother or judges him speaks against the law and judges it. When you judge the law, you are not keeping it, but sitting in judgment on it. There is only one lawgiver and judge, the one who is able to save and destroy. But you, who are you to judge your neighbor? Heavenly Father, we thank you for this word today. We ask that it, was, it would be delivered in a way that touches everyone's heart in here, as we all want to draw near to you. Amen. Amen. So yeah, that's a good word there. You know, friends, the Lord brings us a very sobering thought today. And even I, as the Lord brought this message to me, am guilty. I've judged others before, and I had to repent of it. I had to confess and repent of it and put it behind me and not do it anymore. There's something sinister behind judging others. It's vile and detestable in God's sight. And it's a word we're all familiar with, pride, pride. It's what caused Satan to fall. True. Proverbs 11.2 tells us, when, pro when pride cometh, then cometh shame. Because when we fall, it's shameful. Right? Pride comes before the fall. The story of Haman is a perfect example of the payout of pride. He was hung on the gallows he had built for Mordecai. He thought he would parade around that city all proud and show off how great he is. And the Lord saw to it that the truth came out. Amen. And he's doing that today. He's doing that in our nation. And he'll continue to do that. This is the season of an uncovering. This is the season where the Lord places people in positions on the five mountains that they need Amen. to be in. Whether it's government, business, in politics, whatever. He's doing it. Pride is defined as follows. Arrogance. Haughtiness of the wicked, majesty, arrogant conceit that will incur the wrath of God. In Psalms 36.11, we read, the psalmist pleads with God to keep arrogance away from him. So he knows that that's one of the most dangerous things he could have is arrogance and pride. He does not take the wrath of God lightly, and nor should we. Let's look at a list of people in the Bible, a short list, of who did not keep their pride in check. So we can start with Adam and Eve, right? It, pride led them into their sin, which reaped death. And for all that came after them, you know, the life of a man will be no more than 120 years now, said the Lord. 
And so we're limited in how many years we're here before we go on to glory and transition, I'd say, into heaven, right? We, we don't cease to exist ever. We simply transition. To know everything God knows was their desire. So, you know, we, we don't know what we should desire sometimes. You know, we should just leave it to God and let him show us and reveal what we are to know. And then for the rest of it, have faith. Just have faith in him. Cain killed Abel over pride, right? The Lord didn't like his sacrifice, so he got all mad and went ahead and killed him. Joseph was nearly murdered by his brothers because of pride and envy, right? They were too proud to accept that their little brother could maybe be a leader one day, you know, that they might bow down to him in some situation. They couldn't even fathom that, and they couldn't stand his colorful robe of many colors, you know? They wanted that special attention from dad. <laughs> the Tower of Babel, to force their way into God's presence, they, they built that. You know, we will build a tower up to God. We will march up before him, and when we want to talk to him, he'll have to listen to us. He'll have to see me when I want him to see me. And I guess when I don't want to hear from him, I'll just walk on down. <laughs> that was a lot of pride there, and he, he destroyed that. God chose people, Israel, right? So in Matthew... 2337, we read, Jerusalem, Jerusalem, you who killed the prophets and stoned those sent to you, how often have I longed to gather your children together as a hen gathers her chicks under her wings, and you were not willing. Can you hear the Father's love in that statement? Can you hear his distress? He wants to save them. He wants to gather them, but they're just not willing and he's not a God that's going to force anybody to do anything. He gives everyone free will. Yes. So pride, it arrogantly says, I'll do it my way. <laughs> and I'm here to tell you that's the number one hit played in hell today. Did you know that? Yeah. I did it my way. <laughs> I know that's a harsh word, but it's, but it's the truth. God gave everyone a way, a simple way. Jesus, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No one comes to the Father except through me. So how else can we come to the Father except the way Jesus said? Yet people try to do things their own way. And, and the, the wages of sin is death. The wages of their own way is death. But we're not that way here. We want Yahweh. We want God's way. God's way. And it's hard to do sometimes, but we have to put ourselves aside. And now, here in our local church, talking about pride, should we list some names of anyone who's proud in here? <laughs> I would never do that to you. I know this is the first time you see me up here, but trust me, I wouldn't do that to you. <laughs> as much as we can look at another person here and judge them for being imperfect, prideful, we don't like how they talked to us, they, didn't, they seem to have an attitude or, you know, First of all, we don't know what they're going through that day. We don't know. Did they just go through a loss? You know? Are they, are, they, are they dealing with some form of pride themselves? Only God knows that. But we're not there to judge. So we become equally prideful by attempting to be the judge. In Luke 6.45, we see a good man brings good things out of the good stored up in his heart. But an evil man brings evil things out of the evil stored up in his heart. For the mouth speaks what the heart is full of. 
Remember what we read in James earlier. But you, who are you to judge your neighbor? Who knows the heart of a man or woman? And who can trust it? Can we even trust our own heart sometimes? I don't know. I, not, not 100%, right? We can trust in God 100%, in Jesus and in the Holy Spirit 100%. But in ourselves and others, not 100%, because we're imperfect. Jeremiah 9.8. Their tongue is a deadly arrow. It speaks deceitfully with their mouths. They all speak cordially to their neighbors, but in their hearts they set traps for them. Also in Jeremiah 17.9, the heart is deceitful above all things and beyond cure. Who can understand it? We certainly cannot even trust our own heart 100%, but with God, all things are possible, right? To him or, or she who believeth. So we believe in the Lord and we're with the Lord, all things are possible. So even these human frailties we have can be overcome. In 1 Chronicles 28, 9, we read, As for you, my son Solomon, know the God of your father and serve him with a whole heart and a willing mind. So let's pause there and look at the willing mind part. Willing here in the Greek is used as finding pleasure and delight, desire to serve God. So this willingness says, it is my good pleasure to serve God. So today I feel that way. It's my good pleasure to be up here to serve God. I'm just another piece of the puzzle. I'm just another part of the body. I'm just doing my function. But the people that are greeting and the people that are uh, teaching the kids now, they're equally as important. We're all part of the body of Christ. So for working together in unity, what can stop that? Nothing. Nothing can overcome that. Let's look more at this. So back to the verse. As you... My son Solomon, know the God of your father and serve him with a whole heart and a willing mind. For the Lord searches all hearts and understands every intent of the thoughts. If you seek him, he will let you find him. But if you forsake him, he will reject you forever. This brings us back to the word for the season, which is draw near. Draw near. See, there's something we have to do to stay in good stead with the Lord. Because left to our own devices, we drift, right? And that's very dangerous. No one wants to drift in here. We want to drift toward him, not away from him. To know him. How can you know God if you don't seek him? And how can you trust God with such little faith as to not even try to draw near to God? And this is a sobering thought today. You know, I, I would like to have delivered a more fluffy, happy message but how happy could I be if one person in here didn't, didn't see me in heaven someday and we didn't rejoice together, right? So I had to present to you what the Lord brought to me today. And I'm no more better or less guilty than anyone else. You know, we're all a, a work in progress. How can we draw near if any pride has taken up residence in our heart? Because in James 4, 6, we see God opposes the proud but gives grace to the humble. You can't draw near to God if he opposes you, can you? If he's opposing you, he's not going to let you come, come near him, right? And how can we receive grace if God opposes us? We can't in that case. We don't want to be opposed to God or at enmity with God. 
The history of mankind clearly shows us something. Even with more knowledge and the passing of thousands of years, the nature of man and woman has not changed. I find it ironic and amazing every time I, I realize that. All those years went by, but the nature of a man and a woman really is the same. It's not, it's not different. The Bible shows us that God does not change either. So interestingly, we are created in God's image, and both of our natures does not change. So it's another similarity, because we're, we're his created children in his image, right? And he doesn't change, his nature doesn't, and, and nor does mankind's nature. Mankind has a propensity to sin and a tendency to turn away from God. When things start going good, the natural human response is they get, you get a little lax. We start to lax off a bit. You know, maybe, maybe you're not praying quite as much because everything's going great. Maybe you're thank, you've thanked them, you've praised them and all, but then you, you almost start to forget. Sometimes when things get a little tough again, it, it reels us all back in, doesn't it? And we realize there's a need. I, I needed to stay close to God. So from the beginning, it's been that way. God is love. In 1 John 4, 8, we see, whoever does not love does not know God because God is love. It is his unchanging nature to love. Thank God for that. That nature doesn't change. He doesn't get fed up with us and stop loving us. He loves every single one of you in here. No matter what you've done, it doesn't matter. So let's think about that. Let's, let's look and focus now on our Lord, Jesus Christ, and, and look at a path that he, sh- he created. He is that light on our path, right? So we, we, know, we know where we're going at all times when we stay close to him, but he created the path too. So when we draw near, we stay on it. Let's see how. Jesus said, the son can only do what he sees the father doing. So we too should be imitators of God. Do what he did. He imitated what he saw the Father doing. Well, who can we imitate? Obviously, right? Jesus. We can study his life and we can imitate it. Jesus is dependent on God. He's submissive to God in his role as a human being. He walked in humility before his Father. And so must must we, which is no pride. That's, That's why the Lord led me to the first part of the sermon today. He doesn't want any pride in the way. If pride's in the way, this whole thing doesn't work. It doesn't work. Leaders and churches have fallen because of pride. Now, thank God we have a humble pastor here that knows the importance of that. I thank God for that. But the many haven't, and then all kinds of bad things happen that we don't want to even talk about and we don't ever want to see here. Jesus has faith in the Father's love, for the Father loves the Son. This is where Jesus' security comes from. And we are co-heirs with Christ, so we must seek God and believe that he loves us as his child. If he loves Jesus and we're co-heirs with Christ, as Paul said, we are loved. And that's where he gained his confidence, right, his faith. Because he knows, he's like, I know the Father loves me. I know the Father loves me. I can be steadfast in my my faith all the time because I know he loves me. Jesus showed us his work. And Jesus sees and imitates the Father's work. Therefore, we should imitate Jesus' work. That's what I was saying earlier. Look at how Jesus lived. Look at things he did. When someone was sick and was presented in front of him, he prayed for them. Right? He didn't run away from the situation. He put his laid hands on or spoke 
spoke into existence healing. It is the words that come from our mouth that is the power of God. We're created in his image, and he created everything through what? Spoken word. So when words come from a believer's mouth that's in good stead with the Lord, powerful things happen. God works through that person. Trust in God. In our money, we see in God we trust. And let's hope that that's you know, more in the country. Embrace that. In God we trust. Jesus trusted that God would raise Lazarus. He raised himself. Uh, Jesus raised himself, and, and he knew that God would do that. He believed it, and he poured out the Holy Spirit just as he promised. Even though maybe some of the disciples were wave, starting to waver a little bit, maybe Thomas was doubting a little bit there, but he did what he said. The Father and the Son always do what they say they're going to do. God gives life. He brings the dead to life. For as the Father raises the dead and gives life, so also the Son gives life to whom he will. And everyone who's accepted Jesus Christ as their Lord and Savior, he's given life to you. You're a new creation in Christ. The old man has died. The old person has died. That person no longer exists anymore. That's why you'll find people that used to, you know, just say, let's just say, live like the devil. And then one day you see them 10 years later, and it's like, wow, is this guy or this lady changed? They're completely the opposite person. There's nothing related to what they used to be anymore in their life. They don't do the things they used to do anymore. Thank God, because they're a new creation in Christ. Jesus was misunderstood. He suffered and died like no other. This makes him the perfect judge. So we let him judge others and stay in God's good grace. Let him deal with the heart of a man and a woman that only he can see anyway. We can't see into their heart. And often what they're showing on the outside is just like a side effect of whatever's going on inside. We don't really know unless they open up to us. And so let's trust in the Lord to do that. Jesus does not compete with the Father, so we work together as the body of Christ. That's why we don't compete. You know, that's why all the pastors here, they have areas that they watch over, but we, we, share, we share the platform here. We talk to each other about it. We say, we're just going to do what the Holy Spirit leads us to do today up there. And that's what we do. Amen? Amen. It's the whole reason I came to this church. I saw the Holy Spirit leading it. And I wouldn't be part of something if I couldn't have that. I had to have that. Thank you, Jesus. Glory to Lord. Give Give him praise. Give him praise for that. That's God's doing. Thank you, Lord. He'll get you through. I got to say that right now. The Holy Spirit, just, he's just hitting me in the chest with that one. He will get you through whatever you're going through. I know some of you are suffering. He's going to get you through. Finally, Jesus' validation comes from the Father. So he only cared about God's opinion of him. In Matthew 3.17, it says, And a voice from heaven said, This is my Son, in whom I love. With him I am well pleased. We should say, what is good enough for Jesus is good enough for me. Absolutely, yes. Amen. Jesus' alignment with God caused him to continually draw near. So it was his alignment. So in doing all the things that Jesus did, we're aligning ourselves with God. That's where the power of God starts really pouring into your life, when you're aligned with him. 
And when you continually draw near, great things start to happen. And, you know, maybe no, hardly anyone's going to ever know about it, but God knows. God knows. He's a rewarder of those who contribute to his kingdom, who are part of his kingdom. He will reward you. He will just let you feel a love like you've never felt. I mean, you felt his love here, but try to do it when you're standing right in front of his face and you're in the spirit and you can fully see his glory. That, I cannot wait for that day. It's going to be awesome. But I'll, I'll wait. I'll wait a little longer. <laughs> but I'm looking forward to it. In Luke 5.16, But Jesus often withdrew to a lonely place and prayed. By lonely, we derive the word solitary or wilderness. So somewhere by himself, void of other people and distractions, we need, we, he wanted and needed to hear what Father God had to say to him. And those of you with kids know what distractions mean when you want to pray. Yeah, I see, I see or amen, sister, I see a hand going up, right? We know. We know what distractions are. And we love them so much, the kids, but sometimes we do need that time. We have to go in our prayer closet if need be. Maybe it has to be after they go to sleep and you lose a little sleep to do a little prayer like my wife Lori does. She's faithful to that. She's in that prayer closet, I think, every single day. For years, she goes in there. She, she's tired. She gets up early. She works hard. Yes, praise, God, praise the God for that. But she still does it. She still does it. And that's what, that's what gives her the blessings and things that she's able to bless others with today. I think that sacrifice. So wilderness, solitary, by yourself. He wanted and needed to hear what the Father, God, had to say to him. Jesus, that is, right? So he's, he, he can't hear him if there's a bunch of noise around. If Jesus couldn't do it, you can't. Don't think you're, you're something special outside of Christ. <laughs> I mean, I'm sure he could, you know, use a, a God uh, power and tune out all the noise, but he didn't, he didn't cheat, right? He lived as a human being. He's like, I'm going to experience it as they do, and I'm always going to just be just be being faithful to the Father. I'm going to let the Father empower every miracle I do and everything that's going to come through me is going to come from, from him so that they know they can do the same thing. We must do the same. David prayed morning, noon, and night. And as I was studying, I noticed Jesus did the same thing. I noticed you know, there were different passages that he went out and prayed in the morning. He prayed, he prayed in the midday. He prayed at night. Um, often at night, because that was the least distracting time, right? But I, I believe they both, him and David, prayed three times a day. And let's do the same. Let's try to get that into our lives. Prayer, three times a day, minimum, right? I mean, I know some of you, your prayer warrior intercessors, you're probably praying all day, all the time. <laughs> you probably see someone on TV, and you, uh, a leader, and you start praying right then and there. That's awesome. But at the very least, let's pray three times a day just to dedicate some time to connect with him and draw near. If we do that, I believe our lives will greatly change, and I believe our church will just rock this town. Okay? Our church will grow, and it is growing, but it's going to continue to grow. And this church will do great things for the kingdom, I have no doubt. So let's do the same as him. So now we see a path in front of us and it's a path of humility, a path of reflection on God's love, 
a pleasureful doing of God's will. And he took great pleasure in doing the Father's will. Hearing from God, taking time, being loved by God and knowing it, just having confidence. I'm his son, I'm his daughter, he loves me. Telling others about the freedom and hope we have in God's son, Jesus, right? When we get that opportunity, we build a relationship with someone where they'll listen to us. Tell them why you have the joy and the hope that you have. Because not everyone knows about him. We think in America, everyone knows about Jesus. You'd be surprised. We, we see it in the schools. There's a lot of kids that never even heard of Jesus or Christianity. They don't, they don't know what it is. So don't assume everyone just knows and they've rejected him. I bet there's a lot that just haven't been told. No one took the time to reach out to them and love them. Pray like Jesus, morning, draw near. At noon, draw near. And in the evening, draw near. Can we all make that commitment now to draw near? Just raise your hand if you want to make that commitment. I definitely do. Lord, we are here today before you. We are making this commitment to draw near to you. We are going to force ourselves away from whatever it is that's distracting us to take that time to draw near. We are going to be praying more to you, hearing from you, Lord, and at least once a day we're going to withdraw to that solitary wilderness closet or whatever it, need, whatever it may be, and we're going to listen. We're going to let you know we're there and we're ready, and we're going to listen to your voice. We're going to receive your impressions, your visions, your words that you have for us, and we're going to bless others with it, and we're going to draw near to you. God has something amazing for this church. I am sure of it if we all draw near. Amen. We felt your presence here today, and we're coming to you humbly, respectfully, to the King of kings and Lord of lords. Jesus, we know you're here. Jesus, we know you love us. If you would like to make the Son of God, Jesus, your Lord and Savior today, anyone out here with everyone's eyes closed, we're not going to make a spectacle of you. Just raise your hand. If you've never made Jesus Lord and Savior of your life, just hold your hand up so I can see it. If you've never made the Lord God, Jesus' Son, your Lord and Savior, Now, for anyone here that feels the need to draw more near to Jesus, to recommit themselves and draw closer and closer to God and His Son, would you raise your hand? Let's all say this prayer. Heavenly Father, we come before you today. sinned in the past. We repent of that sin. We turn away from it. And we turn to you. Jesus, I'm handing my life over to you. Everything I have, 
everything that I am. And I'm opening my heart to you. Jesus, I want you to come into my heart now. Come into my heart, Jesus. Come on in. Make it your dwelling place. Lord, I give the rest of my life over to you. And I believe Jesus is the Son of God. Jesus is Lord. He suffered, died, and was buried for my sins. He rose again as witnessed by many witnesses. And I make him my Lord today and forever. And now, Lord, all of heaven is celebrating. Thank you, God. Lord, we draw near to you now. We continue to pray. We draw near to you. We give us, we give you, I'm sorry, we give you, Lord, all we have, all our ambitions, any pride we have, any sin that's plaguing us. We reject all sin. We turn to you. And Lord, we're drawing near. Draw closer to us. Let us hear from you. Give us your word. This week, transform our faith into a faith that's larger than a mustard seed. That the work we do with you would move mountains. Thank you, God, for loving us, for making us in your image, and being so gracious to forgive us. We love you, Lord. Amen. Amen. All right, let's give God a hand of praise. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, God. Holy Spirit, fill these people here. Fill them with your Holy Spirit right now. Lord, send the Holy Spirit upon them.